Good morning. Thanks, guys. That was so great. He gets me every time with that, oh, come let us adore him. I love that. Even though it's a Christmas song, it's fine. Um, okay, so this morning, I am just going to intro us into uh, kind of what to expect. So in case you haven't noticed, for the last several months, we've been doing a rotation here. So we've been kind of rotating through prayer and teaching and fellowship and celebration. And so each Sunday kind of has its own theme and its own team um, that sets that Sunday up, prays into what it will contain. And the overarching uh, kind of theme is that we've been going through kind of the character of God. So a month ago, on the last prayer-themed Sunday, uh, Victoria shared with us about, from the Song of Solomon, about intimacy with the Father and how he is a God that longs for us to draw near and that he is not far away and uh, that that is his pleasure to reveal himself to us. So as we were praying about this Sunday and this month and what we would do, um, we just felt like the Lord was just continuing to kind of stir in that same pattern of wanting to reveal himself and teach us more about that. So um, the two verses that we're going to focus on or kind of that everything is going to flow out of um, are Romans 12. I'm all about I'm on the wrong page. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And he, and another one in Hebrews. But the first one is, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So that one for us to Hebrews 12, 20, let's see, hold on, I didn't even write this down, 27 and 28, I think, hold on, let me just write it off, 28, 29, thank you, there's my team coming in with the clutch, okay, so 28, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful, by it we may serve God acceptably, with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And so those two verses kind of tied together the idea that we are a living sacrifice and that our God is the consuming fire that consumes what? Consumes us. Um, we just kind of wanted to give a picture of that to you with real-life examples. One of the goals of doing these rotating Sundays is to equip the body. That was... Um, Something the Lord was very clear about when we started praying about this. I mean, we started praying about this a long time ago, but when we actually started putting it into motion and rotating through the Sundays, we just felt like the Lord said, okay, for 12 years, Moran leadership, you have been saying that this is an all play, and yet pretty much four of you have been playing. And so we want everybody to truly feel qualified, to feel worthy, to feel involved, to feel part of the church, to feel like you have a gift. There is a reason for it, and there is a reason you are part of the body, and you matter. And it's not just that four people who are super cool and spiritual get to do all the fun things. They're for everybody. And so as we have kind of transitioned, a few of the staff have stepped down. I don't like to say step down. I like to say step aside because we're still here. Um, 
But the intention of that was that the body would then kind of feel like, oh, yeah, I have that gift. I have, I'm leading this team um, for this prayer weekend. And you guys, they blow me away. I, I led a prayer team here for 10 years, which was so fun and so amazing. Not one of the people on my prayer team was, on my prayer planning team, was on that prayer team. I had no idea that these gifts were inside these people until we said, hey, we need some leadership around this prayer weekend. Who can step up? And these people just stepped up, and they're amazing. Like, literally, we, we were planning two weeks ago, and I was just sitting. I didn't say anything. I was just sitting there like, you guys are amazing. Like, they just took off. And it was just such a blessing of the Lord because that's, a, that's exactly um, what we were hoping would come from doing these rotating Sundays. So, um, so what you're going to do is you're going to hear from four people this morning, um, specifically four men. I'm just going to be upfront with that. So Victoria shared a month ago, and we just felt like, oh, what a beautiful testimony of what the Lord has shared with her. We also wanted to hear from men on what does intimacy with the Lord look like for you. Um, so we have four men that are going to share just, I don't want to say random, but they're different. They're all different testimonies. And... Um, they all had to do a little convincing of themselves that their testimony mattered. That, I mean, like as we were going around the room and thinking of names, almost all of them were like, oh, I don't have anything to share on that. And then they would tell us, and then we'd be like, that's a testimony. That's, people need to hear that. And so I hope that you have a journal or paper. I really am excited this morning because I think that you will hear, um, I think there will be just a lot of nuggets this morning of this is real life and this is what intimacy with the Lord can look like, and I, I want to bring down this mountaintop experience expectation that sometimes I think that we have or that we think it has to be, and then we don't even try because how could I ever reach that? Um, and absolutely, those do still happen, but also every day living, meeting the Lord, seeing the Lord, shining his light, experiencing him in just normal ways is that too. And so we'll be hearing from four different people as they explain that. So Chris, I'm going to invite you to come on up. He's going to Share with us first. Um, yeah. Thanks. Here's Chris. And Chris is on our prayer planning team. Come on up. Um, one of the, the feedbacks, which we love feedback, so keep it coming. Um, one of the feedbacks, so whatever, that we've gotten uh, lately has been that there's a lot of people up on the stage. Um, it used to just kind of be one person. We all knew who it was, and you could kind of expect it. And now it's kind of different every weekend. And people are like, who the heck are these people? <laughs> um, and we just kind of sometimes forget to introduce ourselves. So that's my friendly reminder for the other three people that are going to share. Um, say your name and maybe how long you've been here or whatever you want to share. Um, but I forgot to do that. So I'm Stacy, <laughs> And I was on staff here for 10 years. And I just transitioned to a volunteer role in June. And so that's who I am. And this is Chris. Thank you, Stacy. I'm going to come off the stage. I hope that's okay. It's a testimony, so I don't think I need to stand up there. Is that all right with you guys? Thanks. Uh, so I'm Chris. You can call me Chris. Uh, some of you call me Mr. Kuipers because I teach uh, a few people in this room. And some of you might call me Coach because I coach you in some football. And, uh, and so uh, I, uh, our family moved here four years ago. Uh, we've been at Moran Park for three years. And... Um, I want to just share a little bit about, um, you know, Stacy talked about consuming fire and that we're a sacrifice to be consumed by God. And um, I found this is a busy season for me in teaching uh, and in coaching. 
um, where uh, I'm regularly, you know, doing 70 or 80 hours a week right now, and it, it can be consuming of me. And so I felt, um, I just was just sharing with Stacy last week, and, and she said, that I think that would be good to, to share, because I think there's other people um, in our church that maybe are experiencing that or have a busy season in their life that they feel that too. So um, feeling like maybe consumed by your work uh, instead of your work being a sacrifice to be uh, consuming. So I've struggled with that over the last couple of years, and that's kind of what I wanted to share into. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. So um, my... Uh, my work is is a blast. I get to teach really cool kids like Tanner uh, over here who's heading off for college soon. Uh, way to go, Tanner. And, uh, and I get to coach uh, some great kids, and, and I've loved it for, um, for about 20 years of doing it. Uh, we have a football game this Friday night. It's a great community event. You're all welcome. Holland versus Holland Christian. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So we would love to have you guys come on out. Uh, and it's so cool because, like, my next-door neighbor, uh, I coach a Holland Christian team, but my next-door neighbor is a sophomore, and he just got pulled up to varsity this week, and he's super excited because uh, we're going to be playing against each other. So, uh, so that's pretty cool, uh, and it's a great community uh, thing to, to have happen. Um, but sometimes when you're in the midst of a busy season like that, um, it's just it's been a struggle for me to experience God. And so when... Um, when Victoria was teaching uh, a month ago on the Song of Solomon, I just was really convicted, like, I need to keep that going during my busy season. How do I keep that going? Uh, and then um, I was listening to the radio, and, and a message came on, and I was listening to it, and they were talking about um, David moving the, uh, the ark to Jerusalem closer to his palace because he wanted to experience the presence of God and have the presence of God closer to him. And in the midst of doing that, the ark um, was touched by one of the people uh, um, that was moving it, and that, that person died because he um, touched the presence of God. And David got scared and said, I, I'm going to just leave this here. And so the ark stayed in the home of a guy by the name of Obed-Edom uh, and lived in his house for three months. And... Um, and over that three months, that uh, Obed-Edom experienced such great blessing from um, having the presence of God dwell in his house, that word got back to David. I mean, he was blessed so much by having the presence of God there that um, David said, I need to get that, go back and get the, coven uh, the Ark of the Covenant and bring the presence of God to my palace. And so he went back and got it. And then Obed-Edom decided, I need to be closer to the presence of God. And he moved closer to the palace, which is really a cool story in the Bible, and it just reminded me that I need to long for that presence of God in the midst of a busy season. So when I think about a three-month football season, I think, how do I stay in the presence of God over those three months? Like, how do I, um, how do, I do that? And, uh, and so I've been reading a little bit about Sabbath and the practices of Sabbath, and something I haven't done very well, and I think it's it's, um, you know, God didn't design uh, this idea of Sabbath for, for him. He designed it for, for me and for you. Um, that uh, finding a day to rest is a reminder that we are not slaves to our work, that we are set free by God. Um, just like the Israelites were set free from Egypt, 
and then God instituted this idea of Sabbath for them, it's the same thing for us, that it reminds us that we're not slaves to our work, but that we can take joy in our work and then feast on that Sabbath day in the presence of God um, and experience that, which uh, gives us strength for, for the other six days that we're working. So, um, so living into that has been, um, has been something that I've been trying to learn and to do, uh, you know, that I haven't done very well in the past in my busy season. And so um, I just want to share that testimony that God's teaching me in that and encourage anybody that might hear that and think, um, if you want to talk with me about some of the things I'm learning, uh, I'm, not, I'm still not great at it, but um, I just want to share that part. And then one other piece, um, because in the first week, there was just some things that kind of went sideways in the first week of football, and I was struggling, like, God, I, I, I want to be, I want, I want your presence, I want your Holy Spirit to, to be guiding me and, and, and our staff as we continue to work with these kids, and, um, and just kind of questioning that. And, uh, and God gave me this verse out of Luke, um, Luke verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 11, and it says, and this was like right when my, it was the day before my son's birthday, so this was perfect. Uh, shout out to you, Bryce. It says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so just a reminder um, for me, and then hopefully sharing a testimony for some of you that might need to hear that today, ask God for his presence and his spirit. Um, Bob is next. Thanks, Chris. I got to go up here because I like to talk with my hands and I got to set my notebook down. So if I get lost here, then I got something to refer to so I don't get rambling on. Okay, well, a lot of what we said and what we sang has already been just touching my heart. That's exactly what God is saying to me to share with you this morning. How I came into this season of my life, which is the best part of my life. Here I am, 76 years old, retired, and living the best part of my life. It all started way back when I was eight years old. I was listening to a radio broadcast, just like Chris mentioned, and my family, we listened to this from Unshackled. I don't know if you ever heard of that, from a mission in Chicago. When I went to bed that night, I knew I did not have relationship with the Lord that I wanted. So I prayed and asked him to come in. I don't remember, 60 years, 68 years ago, what I said. But the next morning, I expected to feel different, but I didn't. So that night I went to bed, and I do remember what I prayed that night. I prayed, if I didn't mean it last night, I really, really mean it tonight. <laughs> Next morning I got up, still nothing. So I went and talked to my mother. And I remember she got out her Bible, and it was an old worn-out Bible, and she opened it up to John 1, and she showed it to me and said, Read verses 12 and 13. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And she said to me, what did you pray? What did you ask God to do? Well, I guess I knew that I was a sinner, lost and on my way to hell, and I didn't want to go to hell. I wanted to go to heaven to be with him. And I was asking him to take away my sins, change my heart so I could have this relationship with him. 
you said, well, what does God say he would do then? Well, he gave me the right to become one of his children. All those years ago, and I have never doubted that what happened right there is still true today. I'm one of his children. Yeah, I wandered a long way from him in those 60 years. You don't have time to talk about that, but go forward to May of 2014. I had just had my right knee replaced, and I was laying on the couch at home doing physical therapy, trying to get that knee to straighten out, and it was hurting so bad, the tears were running down my cheeks, and it's like I heard God say to me, I heard Jesus say, I suffered a lot more than that for you. And it just broke me, and I said, oh, God, forgive me for the way I've been living. I want to come back to you. I want to live for you. I want you to have all of me. And I gave him all of me, and that's when it started. He took me to Revelation 2 and showed me the church at Ephesus, and they were doing lots of good things, but he said to them, I got one thing against you. You lost your first love. And I said, Lord, I want that first love. And then I got thinking, that's, got, that's a mountaintop thing, and I don't want to come down from the mountain. Lord, can I stay up here? And he showed me. He said to the church of Ephesus, you walked away from it. You abandoned it. You can have it, and you can keep it, and you can walk in it. I said, teach me how to do that, Lord. And he started bringing me through the Bible and showing me how much he loves me for a month or more. I couldn't get away from it until I really got it. He loves me. And so then I said, God, I don't love you at all in comparison to how much you love me. I want more of that love. Give me a greater love for you. And he started doing it and showing me how to have that love. Get up in the morning and start reading his word. And then all day long, coming back to it, meditating on it. I, I like to take it. I write it down on a little piece of paper and carry it with me. If I'm going to the bathroom or sitting at a stoplight or wherever I got a few minutes, I pull that out. Oh, yeah, this is what I'm working with today going back into his word, and he's teaching me, and he's teaching me how to keep his word and let it work in me like that. And it leads me into this intimate walking relationship with him. And it's coming. And it's not just all day talking about his word. It's talking about everything going on. I do a lot of maintenance stuff. I go over to the women's mission. I work over there with Tim and help him out on maintenance there. And I work around this and work around home. So here a couple weeks ago, I was changing some screening on my house, and I was working along, and all of a sudden I realized, this is going way too good. I'm not this good. <laughs> and I said, oh, Jesus, I forgot to talk to you and ask you how to do the job, and here you are guiding my hands, doing this job. It's going so good, I know you're right here with me, and you're saying, come on back. You're starting to walk away from it. And he brought me back. And that's what happens. Every time I start to slip away from it and lose it, he finds a way of calling me back and bringing me back. Yesterday, I'm out mowing my lawn, and I started going the wrong way. Bam, hit a sprinkler head, and it went flying. And I thought, Jesus, I, I'm not walking and talking with you. I didn't ask you how to mow my lawn. And I went backwards, and I hit the sprinkler head, and I had to do that. So I'd come back to him and back into that fellowship with him. And that's what he's been doing, and that's what's been making this part of my life, these last seven years now, the best part of my life. Walking and talking with him all day long, talking to him about his word, talking to him about the stuff that's going on in my life. You know, John 14, 15, he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And that's what he's been teaching me to do, to take his word and be talking to him about it all day long. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. 
whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Hey, I asked you to teach me how to love you as I'm keeping your commandments and putting them inside. I'm learning how. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I wanted him in my life. I wanted him to show himself to me, and that's what he said he would do. And he's doing it. He's showing himself to me as I walk and talk with him, meditating on his word, talking to him about everything that's going on throughout the day. You know, Jesus had this one day. He was at this feast, and he stood up. This is Charlie's favorite verse, I know. So, Charlie, this is not for you. It's just you saying it through me. Jesus cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, there he is, back where I was when I was eight years old. Jesus, I believe in you, that you are who you say you are, and if I ask you to forgive my sins, you can, you will, and he did. Jesus said, anyone who thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And that's what he's been doing. He says, love him first with our whole heart and soul and mind and strength, and then love our neighbor as ourselves. And boom, I find out I can't do that. I don't love people like I love myself. I love myself too much. Jesus, you got to do it through me. And he's starting to do that. And he loves them through me. And it's like rivers of living water. Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it abundant. And I'm experiencing it and living it. That's that intimacy that he said he would give us. These seven years have been the best years of my life. We started coming to Moran Park a little bit after that. And I thank God for the fellowship we've had here. It has really supported us and, and helped us in this walk with the Lord, this intimacy. The best part of it is not just for me, it's not just for some of the super spiritual ones here this morning. When Jesus said to the church of Ephesus in Revelation 2, you've walked away from me, come on back. I think he meant it for the whole church. Every last one of us, yeah, we can all have it. And that's what he wants to do. If you've never had it this morning, is the day to lay it down and say, Jesus, if I've never received you, I want you. And when I received you, if I didn't give you everything, I want to give it all to you now so that I can experience that rivers of living water, that fullness, that all that you have in this abundant life. I'm going to pray a minute. i got to pray. Lord Jesus, I pray for everybody here this morning, everybody watching, everybody who has any touch of what's going on here this morning, that you'll bring them into this intimate, loving relationship with you. Yeah, burning away all that stuff, that those idols, those things in the past. That's what you did for me. God, you want to do it for everyone here. Do it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Dennis is going to come and share a little bit with us. I'm Dennis Fenema, and uh, uh, me and my family have been uh, attending here for six years or so. Wife Peggy, three kids, uh, but we're experiencing empty nest right now because our youngest just went off to college. And, uh, so I'm in, a, I'm in a, we're kind of in a period of transition. I've also recently started a new job in a contract um, position, we'll say, at Gentex, and so 
a lot of new things going on in my life. And I've uh, been asked to speak about this, the, what does intimacy look like to me? And I, as I sat down to, to think about this, what to say, I ran across this verse in Proverbs 19. It says, what is desired in a man is steadfast love, and a poor man is better than a liar. So I'm thinking, okay, first thing you think is, this is kind of a weird verse. But uh, as I was thinking about it and pondering on it, uh, I realized that I've been created to experience steadfast love from the Lord. And as I experience that steadfast love, I can share that and become that. But in order to... I guess to do that, um, the, the, the second part of that verse, I'm kind of seeing that as, and I could be way off, but I have to, one way to prove that steadfast love or that I'm loved steadfastly is to be honest, to be open and honest, and, and in a way I'm sharing what's going on inside of me. When I do that, I open myself up to, hey, this is what's going on inside of me, seeing people shrink back and run off, which is my fear. You know, and so then I then I would become a poor man. I wouldn't have many friends. Or I can say, hey, everything's going okay, and I could have maybe some friends on a surface level, but I'd be a liar. Um, so, as I think about this intimacy thing, the steadfast love, experiencing it, I heard somebody say, uh, they kind of rephrase it, saying this, intimacy is into me see. So I need to invite somebody so the, the lord has already given me his word in the scriptures he's given me his intimacy his i can see into him by looking into these scriptures now what i have to do is open up myself and let him in to see me so i have to be honest i'm testing his steadfast love with honesty so to give an example of that in my life because, example, I'm, I'm exposed to a bunch of new things right now. I am prone to experiencing the patterns, the rhythms of my life. I'm prone to experiencing a lot of fear and anxiety. And the Lord's been teaching me, uh, you know, I, to, to be able to come to him for that. So I come to him, and, I, and I'm getting to the point now where I can come to him and say, Lord, I'm experiencing this fear and this anxiety. I'm not even talking about the circumstance so, so when something comes up unexpected or I'm faced with a task that's daunting, I'm experiencing fear because now I've got to figure out how to do it on my own. But realizing as I'm in the Lord, he's going to lead me and guide me. But still um, coming to him, saying, Lord, I'm experiencing this fear and anxiety. I don't want this necessarily the circumstance or the situation to go away because I need to grow through that. But I'm experiencing this fear and anxiety, and I see in your word that this is not me. Being a new man, this is not me. For you have not given me a spirit of fear. You've given me a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. And you tell me to cast my cares upon you because you care for me. So now I have to wrestle with, do I really believe his word, his intimacy that he's given me? Uh, so I'm able to, you know, come to him and say, Lord, this is the fear and the anxiety that I'm experiencing. This is not who I am not who you've made me to be. Would you please come take this from me? And I'm not saying that it happens every time, but there are times that he shows up and he is present with me. And all the fear, the anxiety, 
the situations, the circumstances, they just kind of melt away, and I'm just enjoying his presence. And uh, I'm not saying that it, um, a lot of times it gets cut short because I fade back into flush, fleshly things or time constraints or whatever pressures, but just during that time, I'm experiencing peace, and I experience like this thankfulness just welling up in me, like thank you for loving me so much, thank you for doing that work, thank you for taking care of this peace and this anxiety, telling me that all is well, even though nothing's really being spoken during this time, I'm, I'm experiencing all is well, and that I'm gonna get through this, and you know, three minutes later, I might be right back trying to do this again, but uh, I believe that, um, I'm becoming more and more to believe that the more I get into his presence, the more it allows him to change me. It's just kind of a sign that the faith is working, that he can come impart his grace into me to empower me to be different. And, I, and the, change will, the change occurs, and I, I don't even, you know, I might not see it the next day, the next week, or whatever, but at some point, there comes a situation or something where I respond to it, and, and uh, maybe even a few days later, I'll be thinking back on the situation, I'll think, wait a minute, I didn't respond the way that I normally respond. Wow, and it's, it's in a more godly way, and I think, thank you, Lord, for that. It's just in a way that he touches me. You know, don't see the change right away, but later on down the line, and it's maybe not even in the way that I w I'm expecting. Like, I'm hoping for a change in this area, but he's the only one that really knows how to untangle my life. He knows that this right here is what needs to be untangled so something else can be pulled and straightened out. So, and, and I'm also, because of this, I'm also able to see a trajectory of where I've been, where I am, and where I'm headed. So like in the past, the fear and anxiety, I would wallow in that. And uh, the Lord brought me, would bring me through every time, but I would wallow in it, and it would come out in very unbecoming ways. But now I'm getting to the point where I can run to him and say, this is what I'm experiencing, Lord, please take this from me, because I know that you are the author and perfecter of my faith. He's growing me in the confidence, growing me in the understanding of the scripture to really believe that. And at some point, I'm going to be able to get to the point where in James it says, consider it pure joy whenever you face a trial of any kind, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, steadfast love. I'm experiencing the steadfast love and becoming that. Because, and then receive that steadfastness, let it have its full effect so that I may become perfect and complete, not lacking anything. So that's the trajectory that I'm on. And it's a, it's a process. Uh, I can, other ways that I experience intimacy is maybe uh, uh, scripture will pop through my head and I'll ponder on it or a line from a song or a teaching that I'm listening to or a writing that I'm reading. And I get a few examples of that is um, the scripture that I was looking for in the Proverbs 19 verse 22 for today. And the intimacy, that was a teaching that I listened to, the into me see, helped me to see a little bit different. Uh, a song, um, a couple of them, there, there's a 
guy named Josh Wilson that sings One Safe Soul. And it's a song about, um, like he's kind of extolling the love that his wife has for him. But uh, in it, he says, there's a couple lines there, and he says some other things beyond that that kind of rectify. But he says, man's greatest fear is being alone, and his second greatest is being known. So the fear and the anxiety, the, the really the understanding and the growing in the steadfast love, that's what I need. That's what's going to solve that, those two fears. Then um, Sarah Groves, uh, she sang a song called Just Showed Up for My Own Life. And uh, this, is, this is actually a, a quote from, uh, it, that's accredited to Saint Irenaeus, or Irenaeus, who was an early church father somewhere 185, 200 A.D. Uh, but in it, uh, Sarah sings a line that says, the glory of God is man fully alive. And to think about that, that that's where I'm headed. And I can experience some of that right now. Granted, when I get my new body, when we get our new bodies, it's going to be completely different, and we're going to be fully alive. And to think about what Adam and Eve experienced before the fall, that every day they were fully alive. The next day they were more fully alive. The next day was better than the previous day because they were experiencing more fully aliveness, more an understanding of who God was and who he was, what he's imparting into them. Uh, so that's just, that, those kind of things are just helping me to see and understand a little bit more of what intimacy means. So that's all I have. Next, Michael. Michael Brooks is going to share. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you guys who have uh, testified so far. I don't know why we're making the youngest guy go last, who has the least amount of wisdom. But um, anyway. Hey, Moran, if you don't know me, my name's Michael Brooks. I've been going here since uh, the fall of 2012, which is a long time now. Um, and I was asked to speak uh, a testimony on intimacy with God. Um, which is hard because in this season, uh, I'll be frank and just say I'm, I'm really struggling with it. Um, and so I guess the Lord has just shown me that he can use even that struggle as a testimony that where I am weak, uh, he is strong. So if you are in a place of questioning, doubt this morning, uh, maybe this is why the Lord is having me do this kind of almost against my will. Um, <laughs> so... Anyway, I, I came to uh, the Holland area to go to Hope College in 2009. Um, I was a Christian by that point, loved the Lord, had a sense of mission, um, but I didn't really know the Holy Spirit. Uh, he was kind of like the Star Wars force to me, this like mystical weird thing that could make stuff levitate if you felt like it, um, but there was not anything personal uh, about him. Um, and I met some people very early on in my college career who loved, loved Jesus, uh, and they flowed in the Holy Spirit in ways that, that, that seemed so personal. Um, and, and what God put in my heart at that stage of life, 19, was just incredible hunger uh, to, to know him like these people knew him, uh, to flow in his spirit like these people did. Um, and I sought, I sought that. I, I spent a lot of time with older people, uh, I, I found a mentor who knew the word of God like no one I'd ever met in my life. And I said, I'm, I'm just going to not leave that guy alone until I know what he knows. Um, 
you know, I'm 31 now. I still call him, like, very, very habitually. Um, but in that unfolding season, uh, what, what I ended up with was just short of a decade, um, not without struggle, not without pain, not without questions, um, but where I, I deeply heard the Lord speak to me, both in his word and in his spirit. Uh, what was in me was this, this incredible hunger to know his word, and I would spend hours and hours and hours picking through it, looking at it in Hebrew, looking at it, um, trying to just play connect the dots. Uh, I felt the Lord's presence in that so much, it was almost as if I was playing hide-and-seek with him in the word, where I would, I would see him somewhere in the Old Testament, some shadow of Jesus, uh, and, and it would make, just make me love him more, make me know... Um, make me know that this was something he had all orchestrated, all his word. Um, and in that season, there was, there was a time where the Lord began speaking to me powerfully in visions. Um, and I would see things in scripture and visions. Um, and I would, he would show me visions where he spoke deeply into things, uh, places where I felt ashamed and wounded in life. He would speak into that with, with healing. Um, and I would have, I would wake up, I would have dreams where he would be near me. Um, I, would, I would see him in visions. He would show me things like the armor of God and, and what that looked like in the spirit. Um, during college, I would spend hours in prayer at, on a Friday night. You know, everyone would be out drinking, and I would just be in the prayer room with the Lord. Uh, and it was, it was so sweet and tender to me. And so... Uh, what I'm trying to say is within this decade, there was this strong outpouring in my life of the Holy Spirit. Uh, very shortly after college, the Lord said, hey, I want you to come meet me in the wilderness. Um, I said, that's a really bad idea. I'm probably going to die. I kind of failed Boy Scouts and just didn't, you know, this is, not, I'm not really good at this stuff. Um, but he led me out in the wilderness, and I had like four years where he asked me to be a guide in, in the mountains and in the deserts. Um, people are always like, I had a mountaintop experience with Jesus. And I'm like, no, I literally was on top of a mountain. Like six of them. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, and God, I met the Lord there. He spoke to me through his creation, his beauty. Um, and everything within that decade of my life seemed so expansive. Like there was no box that God could be put in. Um, there was no cap on the intimacy um, with him. And uh, he has transitioned me uh, away from the wilderness to, to do things for him here in Holland, Michigan, which has, like, zero topography uh, at all, right? Maybe some sand dunes. They're great. Um, but he's led me to this, this place here. Um, and I went through some really hard stuff a few years ago uh, that really it deeply wounded me, and it left me with a lot of questions and a lot of anxiety. And around that same time, all these visions, all these things that I had seen in the spirit for years and years, it was like this, this well just dried up. Uh, and I no longer saw things in visions. I no longer saw things in the spirit. Anything that I heard from God was subject in my mind to incredible scrutiny, uh, incredible questioning. Do I really hear God? Is this in my head? Um, and, and that has deeply affected my intimacy with God. Um, and so I feel like I've come out of that decade uh, to a season of, of desert and dryness and, and wilderness. But within that are these little islands where the Lord will clearly speak to me. Um, 
I was on the beach and I was just looking out at the beach. This was about 12 months ago. Uh, and, and it was so beautiful to me. And the Lord just said, when you love someone, everything reminds you of that person. And I was just looking at, at the sunset and the beach and like all of it just reminded me of him. And it was, it was this beautiful moment for me because there had been such a dryness and such a desert that like when I did hear him speak, it, it, it kind of just cut me to the heart. I'm, I'm getting emotional thinking about it right now. Um, and, and shortly after that, uh, or maybe before, in that same season, I had someone in my house church prophesy and say, in this season, the Lord wants to speak to you through the body, through people. And I'm like, I don't trust people. I, you know, I have issues with that, right? Like, <laughs> can you just talk to me? Um, you know, and I get that he's trying to restore um, some, of, some of that trust in things. Um, but this has been a very rough, rough season for intimacy. And I confess that without that, that river of constant visions and, and constant things that I see in the spirit, it's been very hard to be steadfast in the Lord. Um, and so the way that I think about it, because I, I'm kind of a book nerd and I like to read a lot, is uh, there's this book called, C.S. Lewis wrote a book series called The Chronicles of Narnia. Um, and in the first book, maybe you've read these stories, these, these children journey through a wardrobe into a magical land called Narnia. Um, they have all these adventures. They even grow up uh, for years. They become kings and queens. Uh, and one day they find themselves put back through the wardrobe exactly where they came from. Um, and what they're left with, they, they get younger again, actually, at the end of the book. What they're left with is all of the memories that they have of this magical place of Narnia, battles that they fought, uh, places of incredible topography but they're back in their prosaic everyday life. They're back uh, in normalcy. There's no, there's nothing magical anymore. Like they're running around with centaurs and stuff, but now they're just back in London chilling, right? And, and I feel like that's the season that I'm in with the Lord is like, I got pushed out of the wardrobe and I'm kind of like banging on the wardrobe door. Like, can I go back into Narnia with you, Lord? Can I go back uh, into this season where I, I felt like I saw visions? I felt like I heard you clearly. I felt like, Yes, there were battles, but I could see everything, and there wasn't this kind of landscape of anxiety or um, questioning you, questioning all these things. Um, and what the Lord is, I think, saying to me in this season, and where the intimacy with him is, is, were my words true? Right? When I told you who I, wa who, who I was and who you were, Michael, was that true? Were the things that you saw in the spirit, right? All you have is the memory of them. You don't see them anymore. But were they true? And if they are, right, if they are, maybe, maybe that last season was about vision and gaining things. But maybe this season is about will you be steadfast in them when you don't have the magic land of Narnia, when you don't have... Uh, the feelings of euphoria when you don't have the hunger that you had when you were a younger man, right? When all you have is the memories of these things and the things that God spoke in his spirit and his word, um, will you stay in them? And to me, that's where intimacy's been. And I'll confess, Marin Park, I suck at it right now. It's really hard. It's really hard to be steadfast in all that. Um, but I just remember who the Lord has been for you know, over a decade in my life. And even though I'm in this new place of a lot of questioning, um, I'll confess even some doubts, not in who God is, but just 
in, in a lot of things in life, um, I think the call is to be steadfast to what he said. And that intimacy with him looks like those moments where I abide long enough to hear him say what he said on the beach. Like when, when you love someone, everything reminds you of that person. Um, and will you, you know, can you look around, Michael, and even though you don't have these visions, can you look around and see me in all these things? Can you see me in the prosaic? Uh, can you see me in the ordinary? Um, and, and will you take what you experienced? Will you remember that stuff? Will you let it inform your life? And can you live not dependent on that stuff, right? Uh, but dependent on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, even if that's a season where he's not speaking those words in the spirit, but they're just on a, they're just black ink on a page, right? And, and you have this. Um, and so to me, yeah, I'll be honest, I don't have the euphoria. Um, the visions are drying up. But what I have is over a decade where I can look and say, this is who the Lord is. This is what he's done in my life. Um, and so to me, intimacy just looks like clinging to that and saying, hey, I'm not sure if this season ends. Um, I'm not sure if the rest of my life is questions uh, and, and doubts and, and wrestles without hearing God, or if this is just something that's going to give way to uh, me hearing him clearly experiencing those things. But it doesn't matter, um, because he is who he said he is. I remember what he showed me, and, and my choice in that um, is to abide. And I think that's the choice um, all of us have is, hey, I know there's a lot of doubt in these times. I know there's a lot of questions with corona, with all these things. Where are you, God? Um, I, I'm definitely experiencing and feeling that in this season. Uh, but the invitation to us all, Moran, is just to abide in the Lord. Um, and when you're not steadfast, you know, there's that, like, really nice poem about the footprints in the sand. You know, it's like Jesus was carrying me, and I'm in my head, I'm like, here's the line in the sand, and this is where you were dragging me, kicking and screaming. Um, and <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I still am right now, Moran. Um, and so, yeah, it's will we, will we abide in the Lord um, if all we have is memories of, of ways he spoke to us before. Um, so, yes. Um, and who am I calling up, Vic? Yeah. My name is Cindy Kuypers. I am married to Chris, who shared a little bit earlier. Um, thank you, all you men who shared those testimonies were an encouragement to me, and I hope that um, you as a body got some encouragement out of those as well. I am going to read um, those verses that Stacy shared earlier that the Lord gave to our prayer team to kind of shape this service, and then Victoria is going to share some prompts and reflections on those verses. So first, Romans 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then from Hebrews, 
um, chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. I am Victoria Cole, and I've been going to Moran Park probably five-ish years now, and I'm going to share. Um, I'm going to share a reflection off of these scriptures to usher us into a time of individual prayer. Daniel will play in the background, and you guys can just sit before the presence of the Lord and listen to what he's saying to you. So first, a word on our heart posture off of these verses. In Hebrews 12, the words thankfulness reverence and awe. That's our heart posture, church. This is a reverence and an awe that is preceded by thankfulness. It's a trust and a boasting in our God. In Romans 12, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. What does it say? In view of God's mercies. So that is our look and that is our heart posture is thank you, God, for your mercy that you saved me, that you delivered me, that you showed up, that you're my God, that I am your person, you know? It's, it's him. He gave his very life first, and now we give our lives in response. So an illustration is what the Lord put on my heart is our reflection time to just kind of in our mind let the Lord stir in imagination as I share this little story. So there was a woman that, oh yes, I want you guys to focus on the nature of God in this story. That was his heart. Must say his heart. Okay, so in Malachi 3, God is called a refining fire, right? And so as we're talking about a living sacrifice and being consumed by the fire of God, Malachi 3 says God is the refiner's fire. And so there was a story that was told off this once that I want to tell to you, that there was a woman who went down to a local blacksmith, and she walked up and said, you know, was looking at what the person was doing. He was taking some silver and putting it in a fire, starting a fire and putting it in this very center of this fire. So she looked at the fire and, wow, that fire is so hot, you know. What's going on? Why so hot? Tell me more. She said, I want it so hot so that I can purify and burn away all the impurities and refine the beauty of what is in it. So this blacksmith is stirring up the fire and... Talk, or touching the silver and making sure that it is right where he wants it in the fire. Impurities are falling away and he's washing away the impurities and stirring, stirring the silver. So then she says, well, this is, you know, taking quite a while. Are you, are you leaving it overnight or how long does this process take? And he says, no, no, I'm not going to leave it. I'm, I'm standing here and I'm going to continue to stir it and I'm not going to leave it. I am active and I'm watching it because I don't want it to burn too much or anything. You know, he has it perfectly where he wants it and my eyes are going to be on it to make sure. Okay, well, when, when do you know that it's done? How, how long, you know, are you standing here laboring over this? He says, it's done when I can see my reflection perfectly in it. Church, that's his heart for you. You're a living sacrifice and his fire is consuming you because he is pleased with you. He's attentive to you, and he's burning away in your life what doesn't please him so that what does please him can be purified and shine brighter unto his glory and his namesake. 
It's about his nature being perfected in you. And this process pleases our Heavenly Father. His presence is good. He longs for you to sit in his presence. And so the invitation is also, what does it look like for you in this season of life? Whatever season that may be. To still yourself before the presence of your God. And sit and let him be near to you. And let him refine you the way that he wants to. Heavenly Father, as we draw into this time to be near to your presence individually, I pray that you'll pour out your spirit on each member of this bride, this bride that you are pleased in and that you long for God to see face to face. Pray that each one would know your longing in your heart to see them made beautiful in your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, everybody. Um, I just felt like the Lord spoke something to me earlier this week, and as we were, um, well, during the service, I was just feeling like this might be a word for the greater body, so I wanted to share it with you guys. Um, I am also going into a very busy season. Uh, Chris was reminding me <laughs> even more of the work I have ahead of me. I'm going, or I work at Campus Ministry at Grand Valley State, um, and we really appreciate your prayers, too. Um, so we're going into this crazy, busy school season. Um, and when I was praying this past week, um, just felt like the Lord kind of confirmed for me, yes, this is going to be a wild ride for you this, this year. Um, and the way that you will survive it, and not just survive it, but thrive in it, is by seeking me every single day, by being a person of my presence. Um, and in that, too, reminding me that I'm not called to be a, a doer um, as much as I'm called to be a beer. <laughs> um, and reminded me to just spend time being with him each day. And he will help me to do the things that I need to do. Um, but to invite him into every moment, kind of the walk and talk thing, um, too, that was talked about. So just extra encouragement for you. Maybe you're going into a busy week or a busy season like me, and um, God's encouraging us, I think, to be, be intimate with him, to be seeking him every day so that we can do what we need to do for his kingdom.
very briefly, just as the couple people were sharing their testimonies, my heart was just stirring so much joy and tears of gratitude and like, Lord, this is amazing. Just such pleasure in hearing them share and really felt the Lord as we were singing, stir on my heart, like, Victoria, that's not you, that's me. And I actually am way more pleased with them than you are. And my heart is delighted over them. So obviously the four people that share, but then also all of us, like as he's refining us and stirring us in that, his like heart over us is pleasure. Like he delights to make us like him. And then Dan. Yeah, just one thing real quick, yep. Um, to add into all of this is uh, some of you may have been hearing this, this language of like being in God's presence and seeking God's presence. And you may think to yourself, well, hasn't God like said that he lives in me now and so isn't he always with me and i would say to that yes in christ the presence of god does live in us all the time but the commandment of christ is abide in me and michael i think used that word abide which is another way of saying make your home in me which is the invitation of god to us and that's what we're talking about today is the invitation to make your home in me don't just don't just treat me like your cottage you don't just join me on the weekends I, I want you full-time residence with me every moment of the day. So just to clarify that, that's what we're talking about. Nope. Oh, we do have one. This, yeah, I didn't choose it, but it was one that was in the plan that somebody else had sensed. Um, just a simple chorus, uh, sharing our love with God. It's that, Father, we adore you. Lay our lives. I'm just going to pray us out. Lord, we just thank you so much. Um, I thank you for each of the testimonies that we heard today. What a blessing. Um, Jesus, just, I'm so encouraged, and I bless you for your work. I, I bless you for your presence. I thank you that, Lord, this is for everyone, that you have this for everyone. And so, God, we praise you that your mercies are new every day. We thank you that there is mercy there waiting for us every day to step into, to walk into, and to receive. And so I just pray that uh, over Moran today, God, that you would um, allow them to sense you and feel you and encounter you in new ways. God, we bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in peace, Moran. <laughs>